Chapter 12 And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the next day, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft, and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore had come up again, and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even until break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. And we went on board a ship and sailed unto Assos, there intending to take in Paul, for so had he appointed, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met with us at Assos, we took him in and came to Mytilene. And we sailed from there and arrived the next day off Chios, and the next day, we arrived at Samos and remained at Trogilium, and the next day, we came to Miletus, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you, publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks' repentance toward God and faith on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them who are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver, or gold, or apparel. Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, that so laboring, you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept severely, and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they should see his face no more and they accompanied him unto the ship. And it came to pass that after we had withdrawn from them and had launched, we came with a straight course unto Coos, and the day following unto Rhodes, 
and from there unto Patera. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload her burden. And finding disciples, we remained there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. And they all brought us on our way, with wives and children, until we were out of the city. And we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave one of another, we took ship, and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Ptolemy, and saluted the brethren and abided with them one day. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and abided with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, who did prophesy. And as we remained there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he had come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place implored him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we packed our things and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea, and brought with them one nason of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto Jacob, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are who believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. Therefore, what will be? The multitude must come together, for they will hear that you have come. Do therefore this that we say to you, We have four men who have a vow on them, take them and purify yourself with them, and bear the expenses with them that they may shave their heads. And all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. As touching the Gentiles who believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification, until an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews who were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people, and the law, and this place, and further, brought Greeks also into the temple and has polluted this holy place, for they had seen before with him, in the city Trophimus, an Ephesian whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was moved. 
and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. And as they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him, and commanded him to be bound with two chains, and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another, among the multitude. And when he could not know with certainty, for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers, for the violence of the people, for the multitude of the people followed after, crying, Away with him. And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto you? Who said, Can you speak Greek? Are you not that Egyptian who, before these days, made an uproar and led out into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man who is a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I implore you, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spoke unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, Men, brethren, and fathers, hear my defense which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he says, I am truly a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as you all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding, and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest does bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them who were there bound unto Jerusalem to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey, and had come near unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spoke to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told you of all things which are appointed for you to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews who dwelled there, came unto me, and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. In the same hour, I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will and see that just one, and should hear the voice of his mouth, for you shall be his witness unto all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you delay? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I had come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him, saying unto me, Make haste and get yourself quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue those that believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, 
depart, for I will send you far from here unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a man from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out, and cast off their clothes, and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle, and bid that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know why they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn. Then immediately they departed from him who should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid, after he knew that he was a Roman, because he had bound him. And he released him from his bands. On the next day, because he desired to have known with certainty why he was accused of the Jews, he commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear, and brought Paul down and set him before them. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite you, you whitewashed wall, for do you sit to judge me after the law, and command that I be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Do you revile God's high priest? Then said Paul, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided, for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and quarreled, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them, and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer. Paul, for as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so must you bear witness also at Rome. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. And they were more than forty who had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders, and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore you at the council signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow, as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him, and we, before he comes near, are ready to kill him. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he has a certain thing to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the chief captain, and said, Paul the prisoner called me unto him and asked me to bring this young man unto you, who has something to say unto you. 
Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately, and asked him, What is that you have to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to desire of you that you would bring down Paul tomorrow into the council, as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. But do not yield unto them, for there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men who have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink until they have killed him. And now are they ready, looking for a promise from you. So the chief captain then let the young man depart, and charged him, See you tell no man that you have shown these things to me. And he called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers to go to Caesarea, and seventy horsemen and two hundred spearmen, at the third hour of the night. And provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter after this manner, Claudius Lysias, unto the most excellent governor Felix, sends greeting. This man was taken of the Jews and would have been killed of them. Then I came with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. And when I desired to have known the cause for which they accused him, I brought him forth into their council, whom I perceived to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. And when it was told me that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent immediately to you, and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before you what they had against him. Farewell. Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. On the next day, they left the horsemen to go with him and return to the castle, who, when they came to Caesarea and delivered the epistle to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. And when he understood that he was of Cilicia, I will hear you, said he, when your accusers have also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. And after five days, Ananias the high priest descended with the elders, and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who accused Paul to the governor. And when he was called forth, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by you we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by your providence, we accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Notwithstanding, that I should not be further tedious unto you, I ask that you would hear of U.S., of your clemency, a few words. For we have found this man a pestilent man, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, who also has gone about to profane the temple. Whom we took and would have judged according to our law, but the chief captain Lysias came upon us and with great violence took him away out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come unto you, by examining of whom, you yourself may take notice of all these things whereof we accuse him. And the Jews also ascended, saying that these things were so. Then Paul, after the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, Forasmuch as I know that you have been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may understand that there are yet but twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues nor in the city, neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein I do exercise myself, to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men.
Now after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation, and offerings, whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult, who ought to have been here before you and object if they had anything against me. Or else let these same here say if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias the chief captain shall come down, I will examine your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go your way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for you. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might release him, wherefore, he sent for him often and communed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Now when Festus had come into the province, after three days, he ascended from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief of the Jews accused Paul to him, and implored him and desired favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem, lying in wait in the way to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea, and that he himself would depart shortly there. Let those therefore, said he, who among you are able go down with me and accuse this man, if there should be any wickedness in him. And when he had remained among them more than ten days, he went down unto Caesarea, and the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, commanded Paul to be brought. And when he had come, the Jews who came down from Jerusalem stood round about and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul which they could not prove, while he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar have I offended anything at all. But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Will you go up to Jerusalem and there be judged of these things before me? Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I am an offender, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die, but if there are none of these things whereof these accuse me, no man may deliver me unto them. I appeal unto Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, Have you appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar shall you go. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came unto Caesarea to salute Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared Paul's cause unto the king, saying, There is a certain man left in bonds by Felix, about whom, when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him, to whom I answered, It is not the manner of the Romans to deliver any man to die before he who is accused have the accusers face to face, and have license to answer for himself concerning the crime laid against him. Therefore, when they had come here, without any delay on the day following, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought forth, against whom, when the accusers stood up, they brought no accusation of such things as I supposed, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition and of one Jesus, who was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was perplexed by such manner of questions, 
I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and there be judged of these matters. But when Paul had appealed to be reserved unto the hearing of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept until I might send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said unto Festus, I would also hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you shall hear him. And on the next day, when Agrippa had come, and Bernice, with great pomp, and was entered into the place of hearing with the chief captains and principal men of the city, at Festus' commandment, Paul was brought forth. And Festus said, King Agrippa, and all men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom all the multitude of the Jews have dealt with me, both at Jerusalem and also here, crying that he ought not to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and that he himself has appealed to Augustus, I have determined to send him, of whom I have no certain thing to write unto my Lord. Wherefore, I have brought him forth before you, and especially before you, O King Agrippa, that, after examination took place, I might have somewhat to write, for it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner, and not to signify the crimes laid against him. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before you, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know you to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I implore you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know, who knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the strictest sect of our religion I lived, a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, earnestly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought an incredible thing with you that God should raise the dead? I truly thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto foreign cities, whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness, both of these things which you have seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto you, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send you, to open their eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them who are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus, and at Jerusalem, and throughout all the regions of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and do works meet for repentance. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, 
I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning does make you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness, for the king knows of these things, before whom also I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, You almost persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor, and Bernice, and they that sat with them. And when they had gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man does nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar.